You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, good afternoon from traffic. On my way back to the Big Easy, checking out LSU's Big Victory, 33-10 over Arkansas. We invite your conversation and your feedback at 504-260-1870. You can text us at 870-870. LSU, simply put, after being dominated by Arkansas the previous couple of years, uh, three years into the last two years, LSU has really dominated Arkansas. And when you go back to 2016, I think we talked to Brian Lazar about this, our own expert, Herb Tyler, that certainly Alabama and Florida were the marquee games that LSU had on their schedule at that point in time because of many reasons, because Florida was the champion of the East. Alabama has been the big dog in the West, but the big dog in college football, let's face it. But for LSU to do what they have done against Arkansas the last couple of years and after responding after a loss, remember the previous two years, these have been hard-fought losses for LSU. 10-0 to Alabama in 16, 24-10 to Alabama a week ago. And for them to come back and play dominant football, took a little longer this week than it did last year. But LSU was phenomenal today. The offensive line, I think, took another step in the right direction. Darius, guys, let me tell you, I would have to go back to an LSU historian, someone like uh, Kit Lowe, Bill Frankes, Michael Barnett. I know there's a lot of fans out there to know when someone in a two-year period has averaged 10 yards a carry, uh, five touchdowns, and uh, nearly 400 yards rushing. I would think off the top maybe someone like uh, Billy Cannon. I would think of someone like Kevin Falk. I'm thinking of the, of the traditional LSU annuals, and I'm sure there are more on there out there. I don't want to paint myself out to be expert, because Lord knows I'm not. But Darius Geis has pretty much dominated Arkansas the last couple of years. And we saw DJ Chalk. And I texted this earlier, text or uh, Facebook on our uh, WWO Radio Facebook page earlier today, that LSU does have another home game, which is against Texas A&M. But today, he played like it was senior day. D.J. Chart, four receptions, over 130 yards, a couple of scores, a phenomenal day. And this team, when you think about it, uh, you know, we can nitpick and we can say a few things. But And, and I want to tell you, when I look at college football, I consider – Obviously, I'm like you when I say you, many of you folks that are down here, because I'm from down here. We keep over with SEC football more than we do anything else. But on the landscape of the entire college football field, when we think about top 25 programs, I'm talking from east to west, the Power 5 teams, Pac-12, Big 12, SEC, ACC, Big 10, it, it's pretty difficult not to put LSU in that category of Okay, they may not be in that playoff possibility, but, and whatever you follow up with that but, or whether they, but they need another player, they need to get better at quarterback, they have to do this, whatever. You fill in the blank. I think they're right there. Obviously, I want to let you do well, but I'm telling you, the, the way this program has responded the last couple of years after tough losses, they have shown a level of maturity. They have shown a level of that we can put a big victory. We can put uh, a bad loss behind us or a hard-fought loss, like Alabama, like Florida. And that's important. To me, that shows a sign not only of a team, but also a coaching staff. 
And I think this team, they're far better experts than me as far as where it needs to be on the receiver side, which is an area of need, where it needs to be on the side of, uh, let's say, running back, which is an area of need. What LSU needs to match up with those four teams that will wind up in the playoff this year. They're close. And I think that Tiger fans should be, and anybody that's listening to me over the last 14, 15 years, should realize that, you know, what I say is what I say, but I go by what I've seen, and what I have seen is this team is a lot closer to where they want to be, like they thought they were in 2011, competing on a consistent level. Because remember, if you go back and you look at 10, 11, 12, 13, after that national championship in 11, LSU kind of swooned down. And to me, this is a this is a point that's on the incline. You're moving back up. And I think this program is in the right direction. I can't remember, and I'm not – I'm not an old school guy. I mean, I, I, I say I'm old school, but I'm not an older fella. I'm in my 40s. But when I think about LSU football and I think about what they have coming back on the offensive line, what they have coming back at quarterback, what they have coming back on defense, their coaching staff, that's lock, stock, and barrel. I don't know if there has been a time in the last, let's just say, let's go back to the 80s that you could point out to where LSU has had a better outlook moving forward on what they have on the books. Meaning, like, we've got this guy at left tackle. We've got this guy at right tackle. We've got such and such a quarterback. And there is reason for optimism. But the main thing last year at this time and now at this time, after LSU beat Arkansas 33-10, to 10, and that's a desperate ball club. Arkansas is not good. Let's face it. I don't want them to paint out to be that they were Arkansas last year or 2015 or 14 or 13 because I don't think they were near as good as those two teams. Uh, Talent-wise, coaching-wise, and their whole thought process-wise, I think they were a team that was – I was not surprised, but I think Arkansas played a lot harder today than I really originally gave them and probably heard and I gave them credit for. But this LSU program has an opportunity now to build on something and from an offensive line, which I consider the most viable and the most important, quarterback and everything else to fill in the blanks, so to speak, I don't see why there would not be reason for optimism. But you tell me. You tell me. 260-187. It isn't about me. It's how you feel. Text me at 8787. LSU 33-10. Darius guys, 10 yards of carry, five touchdowns the last couple of years. DJ Chalk off the chart. And... I've kept up with some the landscape. Of, I, I would say I use landscape a lot, but anyway, I've kept up with college football a pretty good bit, east, west, north, and south. And I don't know uh, the receiver, the kid that came into town, the Baton Rouge, that played from Syracuse. I think his stock is phenomenal. Uh, former Syracuse player Marvin Harrison certainly set the standard. I don't know if he's going to be a Hall of Famer in that caliber, but he was a big time receiver. Calvin Ridley, big-time receiver at the University of Alabama. But D.J. Chark, from where last season began to now, his stock has steadily climbed the chart. Special teams-wise, uh, obviously what he did, another big home run today. I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, you tell me. Other than uh, coaches will probably point out to where even a play where there wasn't a score or a big yardage game that D.J. Chalk affected the play, he has certainly helped himself moving forward, having an opportunity to play professional football at a very high level. So I think LSU has everything going in the right direction. They still have a ton to play for. And I'll pray Jaguar opinion, but we're asking you. And to me, this is this is the question. Yeah, the SEC, hey, it's not as, as big time as it was the last couple of years. You know, in 2011, a Marlon favorite, a former LSU national champion, uh, does the network. You heard him here a few minutes ago. That team was phenomenal. When you win a championship, you're phenomenal. I don't know if, the, if you know, if you're going to win the championship, if you're going to move forward. But when I talk about players like that, I think they have those guys moving forward. And I, I'm like Coach, what Coach O said on this coaches show a few weeks ago you heard here on WWL Radio, is that he feels like that they are close. They will be in that national championship in a few years. And they may not. I'll be the first to tell you if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, looking at all angles of it, offense, defense, special teams, I don't know how someone could not be optimistic moving forward about LSU football. 33 to 10 over Arkansas, 504 260 Two games left next Saturday evening in Neyland Stadium in Rocky Top against the Tennessee Volunteers, a ball club that is uh, not not playing good football right now. I think they played some decent football at times, but they're not the team that was going in last year that thought could be a double-digit win team that got beat by Vanderbilt. And then Texas A&M, another ball club. You could be facing three teams in the last three weeks they have three new coaches next year. And, you know, when you think about it, four or five. Ole Miss is definitely going to have a new coach. You think about it, it's not Alabama. Arkansas, Tennessee, and Texas A&M. So you had to take care of business. Who's on your schedule is who's on your schedule. I don't care if they're good, they're bad. And I know a lot of people say, well, that's not a good team. That's look. Alabama's not played a good Tennessee team for I don't know how long, but they're still on their schedule. Florida's not the Florida team, although they won two SEC championships in the East, two SEC Eastern crowns the last two years. That's not the Florida Tebow team that won, what, three out of four SEC East titles. It's a different, but it was a title team. But I think you have to be optimistic about LSU moving forward. But you tell me, 504-260-1870. I know one thing, for 11 o'clock game, the Tiger fans showed up. You could tell by me being on the phone that he's making my way back to the studio on Partridge in downtown New Orleans. 98,000 was the actual attendance. I'm talking about butts and feet today for 11 a.m. game. That's strong. That's a, we're talking about a team that in the nation probably does not like playing outside of being dark and any other team, maybe in all of what 126 Division One teams in college football. So a big, big crowd today, a big performance. LSU knocks off Arkansas 33-10. You tell me your thoughts, 504-260-1870. You can text us at 870 Mike will be with us. Brian Lazar, he's in the locker room. He will be with us. We'll get a report. We'll keep you in tune to everything that is happening out there. And where are you at the game today? Your thoughts on where this program is right now and where they are moving forward. The entire season, the last two weeks, Alabama, Arkansas, and you know you have two left, Tennessee, next week in Neyland, and then Texas A&M, Saturday after Thanksgiving, and in the bowl game. I'm Dick Bellavia, LSU 33, Arkansas 10. This is the point out. Big day today in Tiger Stadium.
a day in which Tiger fans don't particularly care for. But then time the Tigers went by 23, and yes, they covered the spread. 17 and a half, I think some went down to 15. But Darius Geis, DJ Chark, and credit Danny Anthony, let me tell you. It's not, and I don't equate it to when, if you go back to the end of the Saban era, and many of you remember there was a young man that came in that was highly touted. He was a number one, one of the top-tier quarterbacks in the country, and that was a gentleman by the name of Jamarcus Russell, who later became the, the number one pick in the NFL draft. And let's face it, he was a bust. But, hey, LSU, he was a hell of a college quarterback. And there was, you know, what's going to happen now? And there's a young man that went on to play linebacker in the National Football League, Marcus Randall, whose brother was a great player at Southern University and Drum Elk High School, Eric Randall. And there was a feel there, okay, and, and Coach Saban, you know, he didn't like it the way that, you know, fans treated Randall, and he made it known on his coaching show and so forth that, you know, he's the guy, I'm telling you, I'm a coach. He gives us the best chance to win. Miles Brennan is going to shine at LSU. There's no doubt about it. In, in, the, last, in the entire whole history of LSU football, there's not been many that come in with more credentials or – as big time as clout, what's expected of him is Miles Brennan. But let me tell you something. A few years ago when Danny Edlin it said he was coming in from Purdue, and I'm not Nostradamus, I don't, you know, I'm not like uh, the Wicked Witch on the Wizard of Oz looking the crystal ball, but Danny Edlin is the type of quarterback that what we've seen in the past from LSU, remember, LSU is not a Deshaun Watson type of program. LSU has not seen a guy uh, like a Tony Rice. LSU has not had that type of guy. Uh, Herb Tyler certainly was a dual threat quarterback. It was the second winning quarterback in LSU history. But LSU hasn't had that new age, we can spread the ball around type of quarterback. And Miles Brennan, when he was transferred from Purdue, started several years up there. And that was a tour when they were having some, some changes. Joe Tiller was no longer there. And for those of you who don't know and may think, what is he rambling on about? Joe Tiller was one of the most single most responsible people for the Big Ten going from Woody Hayes, Bo Schimbeckler, to let's run, 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 run. And when you pass the ball, three things happen and two of them are bad. It was Joe Tiller and Lloyd Carr, Gary Mola, who decided to open things up. And the reason why they decided to open things up was because of two people, a gentleman by the name of Tom Brady and a gentleman by the name of Drew Brees. So that's that. But that was around the time when Danny Elling decided to transfer to LSU. And I felt all along, I think a lot of people felt, you know, that is what LSU needs. Not this great guy, not this guy that has to, you know, throw for 280 yards, because before this year, many of you don't know, the LSU, if they passed for 150 yards, that was like, oh, thank Lord, 150 yards. College football has changed now. 150 yards is nothing. They're, they're above that. But this is the type of quarterback, Danny Edling, that LSU needed because of the talent surrounded about, around him, offense, defense, special teams. Miles Brennan is a better skill set quarterback than that. But for what Danny Elling has done, I hope in two weeks when LSU plays Texas A&M, 
that the fans stand up and they cheer loud and proud and, and yell their ass off for him because he's done everything. And I don't think he's taken a beating media-wise or taking a beating fan-wise like some of the previous quarterbacks. But you got to give him credit. He's come out, he's responded, and some of the throws he made last week, regardless he was full late, he is someone you can see that's going to do the things that may not be as popular, but they're on time, they go to all the meetings, they're not going to be late, and they're a true team leader. He's somebody you want on, his, on your team. And I don't know if LSU is where they are today without Danny Allen at the end of last year and this year. And I think he should be owed a lot of gratitude and respect for what he's done. But these next two games are crucial for LSU. At Tennessee and at home against Texas a I don't know. You tell me, 504-260-1870. Is Kevin Sumlin gone already? Is Butch Jones gone already? And if not, do those two last two games mean something? I mean, you realize since A&M has been in the Southeastern Conference, they've not beaten LSU. LSU has dominated A&M. The A&M fan base looks at LSU similar to the way LSU looked at Alabama. It's a big game. It's our rival and so forth. But LSU dominated A&M. I mean, they shut down Johnny Manziel like no other, like nobody else did. In his two years of college football, nobody has shut Johnny Manziel down in back-to-back games like LSU did. Kevin Summers never defeated LSU. A&M has never beat LSU. So that's a dominant stance for what LSU has over A&M. But where this program is right now, if they can finish up with two wins, get the 9-3, and three, and then you're probably looking at a Florida Bowl game, maybe Capital One down in Tampa. If we're lucky, maybe the weekend that the Saints are playing Tampa. That's all hope is for that number one seed in the NFC. And LSU plays the day before. That this program, I think, has taken a step forward in many fronts. fronts but I think in the fans' mindset and what they stand now. And I'm be interested to see how LSU does December 20th, 21st, and 23rd. The first three weeks in these first three days in these 20th through 23rd December with the first signing period in December, and the first Wednesday in February. So that's what I want to see. You tell me, 260-1870, here's a CBS update, and more to point out. LSU 33, Arkansas 10. The Tigers now, with two games left, one away next week in Neyland Stadium and Rocky Top against the Tennessee Volunteers, and the Saturday after Thanksgiving against the Texas A&M Aggies. Where is the LSU program right now? 504-260-1870. I want to hear from you. Your thoughts. Am I being too optimistic? Am I thinking too much of them moving forward? Three freshmen on this offensive line for the majority of the season. At one time, against Auburn, four freshmen. Against Florida, four freshmen on the offensive line. The first time in LSU football history. You tell me. And I'm proud of the Tiger fans. For a fan base that sometimes gets pummeled, all LSU fans won't show up for a day game. Oh, it's 11 o'clock. There's no way they'll show up. The actual attendance today, 98,000. That's a lot for 11 o'clock in the morning. I'll tell you what, on a Saturday. Saturday is not like it used to be back in the day where, oh, you get the weekend off. No, people work on Saturday and Sunday now. 98 grand in the house today to watch the Tigers take care of Arkansas. Darius Guy, 10 yards per carry the last two seasons against Arkansas. He's made a living. He's made an NFL highlight reel. He'd probably be a first-round pick because of what he's done against Arkansas alone. 
the last couple of seasons. He was rolling. Boy, and that big run he had in the third quarter, they was pretty. One cut, and he made a defensive back, kind of took him out of his jock, so to speak, and then went to the house. But Darius Guy, a tremendous player for LSU. Coming up big, DJ Chalk, full grass, turned 33 yards and a couple of scores, including that long one in the third quarter when LSU blew it open. 26 standing there later. Now the mixed extra points, let's face it, LSU this season has gone through with a couple of regular season games left. They need to establish themselves in the kicking game. They need to get somebody moving forward solid. I think Tiger fans kind of hold their breath some. I mean, you know, the extra point has become a play, particularly on the college and pro level. I say the college level, not even the pro level now since they moved it back to where it's a 30-plus yard extra point because we've seen some miss. On the college level, that, that's the bathroom break. That's the, oh, I'm, a, I'm about to put some more cheese on my nachos break because it, it's such a high percentage. And to miss those, uh, I don't know. And I'll talk to Coach O Monday. Was it the snap? Was it the place? Was it the hole? But, Coach, you got to hit those. When you're coming down the stretch, you got to hit those. Come on. You're going on the road next week, going on the road in the SEC. You got to make extra points. But I thought a solid effort today against a team that coach is fighting for his life. Brad Bielema, straight that he said it with us earlier today with hogsports.com. He covers Arkansas football. That he felt like Arkansas needed to win today in order for Brad Bielema to have a chance to save his job. And they did. They were soundly defeated, 33-10 by LSU. So give us your take, 504-260-1870. You can text us at 870 Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com will be with us next hour. Senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar, he's been in the locker room. He will give us his take on what the Tigers said. One more home game, senior day, in a couple of weeks, two weeks from the day, with the Saturday after Thanksgiving, which LSU takes on Texas a and College football right now, and if you're keeping up, with the SEC matchup, the big one of the week that has Auburn and Georgia, the last look I got, I'm going to get a, a fresh look for you here. That's what's beautiful about phones. You know, sometimes they enlarge. Auburn leads at the half by 9, 16 to 7. So if you're thinking that, uh, hey, look, Georgia's already in the SEC championship. So, to me, this is a mulligan for Georgia. They can lose, and they're still alive, at least for the SEC championship. Let's say they were to drop one of the last couple. They got Kentucky, and they got Georgia Tech, their rival game. One of their three rivals. How many schools have one rival? Georgia, Alabama, they've got three. Georgia has Florida, which I think is their first. I would say probably a tie between the next two. East South, Otis rivalry, Georgia and Auburn second. Georgia, Georgia Tech is Probably right around there, second, maybe a close third. But right now, Auburn is leading Georgia 16-7. to So Auburn is a team going to the day that had three, three teams in this conference that controlled their own destiny, Auburn, Alabama, and Georgia. I think Georgia is the most safe because they're already in the SEC championship. They could lose today and went out and still go to the playoffs. But should Auburn went out in the odd men out, maybe Alabama and Georgia. Should they both run the table? They may be in uh, going into that first beginning of December. So that's what stands up right now. Later tonight, another 
national playoff picture game, the University of Miami, who's undefeated at home, undefeated this season, and they've scored, they've forced 20 turnovers in the last eight games. That eight games this season. Notre Dame has forced 19, which is very close. The winner of that certainly still stays alive. I just think whether you call Notre Dame as the church, if they Notre Dame runs the table, they're in there. They're in there. I don't know who the other three are going to be, but I can promise you Notre Dame will be one. And I think they deservedly would be in there. Miami needs to run the table. And then right now, Clemson is in control of Florida State. We'll get you a full scoreboard after the next break. 504-260-1870. You can text us at 870-870. DJ Chalk with a big day today. Also today, a big day for Darius Geis. And I thought a very good day by Danny Etling for the Tigers that take care of business 33 to 10. Right now, it's Wisconsin leading Iowa 17 to 14. Last night, we saw a shaping game as far as the the outlook as far as the playoffs are concerned. With Stanford's victory over Washington at 30 to 22, you have to wonder now if SC does not win out. And even if they do win out, does the Pac 12 have a legitimate candidate for the playoffs? I don't think so. What does that do for the Big 12? If Oklahoma loses tonight, they're out. TCU would seemingly be alive. TCU, Oklahoma tonight, number six and number five. But a lot to play for, college football-wise. And still an opportunity for LSU to land in a huge bowl, big bowl, and for LSU to land as the third-best team in the conference. Let's face it, behind Georgia and Alabama, if things fall right, LSU could go in as the third-best team in the conference. And six and two in SEC play, after losing to Troy, I think is a very, very good season. But you tell me, 504-260-1870, LSU 33-10. Traffic's starting to let them now. Good job by Tiger fans today, 98,000. Trust me, I'm, I'm in the mix of traffic. I saved the entire game, the post-game press conference, and LSU takes care of business today over Arkansas, 33-10. Right here on Tiger Radio, this is WWF. And welcome back. And for those of you hoping that LSU finishes ahead of Auburn in the SEC, not looking good right now. Credit to Auburn Tigers and Gus Malzahn. But right now, Auburn is laying the wood to Georgia. They have just scored in the third quarter. They were up 16-7. to They just scored a touchdown after recovering a turnover deep in Georgia territory. So early in the third, it is Auburn 22, Georgia 7, pending an extra point. So the Auburn Tigers still alive. That's what's so important about Keeping just one loss in conference. Yeah, Auburn lost to LSU, but they had everything in front of them still because they had the big dogs left, no pun intended, Georgia and Alabama. And when you think about it, let's face it, let's say Georgia, Auburn beats Georgia today, okay? We know Georgia is already in the SEC championship. If Georgia doesn't lose again, they're still going to be a top 6-17 in the playoffs, maybe not even that low, top five. And if they were to beat Alabama, who else in four weeks can beat number one, number two, and let's say number four? Three or four weeks. Nobody. You're not going to lock out an SEC team. So this is huge right now. At Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn, it is the Tigers on top of the Bulldogs. Extra ball forthcoming, 23-7 over Georgia. And I don't know Georgia can come back. I don't. I, has Georgia had a game in which they've been down this much this season? No. It went nip and tuck when they played Notre Dame, but Georgia's in unfamiliar territory. 
LSU takes care of business today, 30 to 10, over the Arkansas Razorbacks, 504-260-1870. You can text us at 870-870. And, you know, in any level of football, there are all those players that you kind of watch and you know, man, that kid's going to be good. Now, I had the pleasure of watching the young man. and look, He wasn't 4A football. He wasn't 5A football. And truth be told, in the state of Louisiana, this is just my feeling. But I get a feeling that 3A football, 2A football, and 1A football gets looked down on because they're not, quote, unquote, 4A or 5A. They're not larger class football. What the hell does that mean? Football is football. 11 people on offense, 11 people on defense, 11 people on special teams. You can't help because you're in a small town. Oh, I see I see people with got 1,000 people at their high school. Oh, I get to see better competition. Man, please. But when I saw Devin White as a sophomore at Northwestern High School, that was once, I want to say, Spring Hill, uh, Winsboro, or Winfield. It was a few schools that were consolidated in North Louisiana, much like in South Louisiana where there was Juris and Fort uh, Tulsa. They, they combined and made South Blackman. But they consolidated in North Louisiana. And this kid, I'm telling you, was a throwback. He's a leading tackler. In the SEC right now, you know it, number four to Devin White. He would play every down. And he was one of those old-school running backs that would line up and receiver in a slot with his hand down. He'd be on defense. Never left the game. And I'm going like, that is one bad shut your mouth. But I'm talking about Devin. Yeah, and I know you're right. He was a hell of a great high school football player. And you don't know if it's going to transfer transfer into being a great college football player. But so far, he is not disappointed. I mean, this young man is unbelievable. Again, leading LSU today in tackles and just off the charts. And let me tell you, in the Southeastern Conference, there's Darius Guy. I know you got Harrison, Alabama. I don't know about the other running backs. Uh, you got the two, Chubb and Michael. At uh, Georgia, but if you're asking Big Melody, and my, my my opinion means as by the word as you know anybody else is about the same, not as much. Who one of the best running backs in the Southeastern Conference is? I, I know Devin White is. Trust me, I've seen I saw him three straight years, and he's unbelievable. But he's just such a valuable commodity on defense. Five zero four two six zero one eight seven LSU. 33, Arkansas 10. The Tigers now with two regular season games left before their bowl game. Devin White, 14 stops today, a few above his average. Donnie Alexander having a tremendous season. Five solo today. And he wound up with a tackle for a loss. And the defense came up big. They had that opportunity. Dante Jackson, if you're thinking about who's a possible defensive player of the game, Across the board, seven stops, six solo, a sack, and a couple of tackles for a loss. Big time. The only sack today was by Donnie Jack. Frank Huron. How important has Frank Huron been? You know, I think every year Frank Huron has been at LSU, he's part of the season suspended. But he's come up big. And not only that is depth, but he's made a, a contribution. Seven stops today, two solo. Now comes up big Greg Gilmore with five stops. So a big day today for the LSU Tigers. Arden Key 
And, and a game that was on tape doesn't maybe show up as big as he did a week ago. The effect of him, the attention he draws, it opens things up for someone else, just like it does offensively. But LSU 33-10. to 10. Looking at some of the other numbers now, let's go over some of the team stats and look at the Tigers today. LSU wins 33-10, to 10, 415 yards of total offense. The breakdown of yards is LSU 217 passing, 198 yards rushing. Arkansas 318 total yards, 176 passing, 142 rushing. LSU 39 rushing attempts, 5.1 yards per carry. Pretty clean game today for the Tigers. Only five penalties, 40 yards, plus one in turnovers. So LSU will be plus four for the season. And they held the ball pretty close. Arkansas wins game third in the conference and 15th in the nation in time of possession. They did win time of possession day 31-06, but LSU was 28-54. The Tigers were 21st down, very efficient. Over 50% on third down, five of nine. Arkansas under 50% today, well under 50%, five of 15. Big today for the LSU Tigers. Now let's take a look at some of the individual numbers for the Bayou Bengals. Danny Ellis, I thought a big day today. Quarterback rating of 90.4, 11 of 16, two touchdowns, 217. Darius Geis today, seven yards to carry. Two games against Arkansas. He's averaging over 10 yards to carry and five touchdowns. Arkansas fans, they will see him in their living room tonight when they go to sleep. Uh, Williams. Big day today, nine carries, 43 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. Russell Gates had that one from 15, and Jefferson uh, with 4.0 on that one carry. He had a one-yard carry for four yards. D.J. Chalk, four grabs, 32 yards, including that long of 68, two scores. Sullivan, two for 40. Carter, one for 15. Derek Dillon, five to Washington Paris, two of 13. Alexander, one of 10. And Foster Morrow, one of nine. LSU breakdown of their stats. So the Tigers come up big today, beating Arkansas 33 to 10. They are now 73 on the season, and an opportunity to finish up in conference play at six and two. Two games left at Tennessee next week in Neyland Stadium, and against Texas A&M. Right now, Auburn laying the wood to Georgia. It's gonna be interesting to see the playoff rankings come out Tuesday evening. Should Auburn hold on and beat Georgia? Because, again, Georgia has already reserved their spot in the SEC championship. And for all these purposes, it'd be hard for an SEC champion not to land in the playoffs. I can think of scenarios in which they would not land in the playoffs. So I think it's a little far-fetched. Georgia would have to lose a couple more times before they won the SEC championship, meaning today and then against either Kentucky or Georgia Tech, and then beat either Auburn, Alabama, and Atlanta in order to not – Land in the playoff four. Tonight, two big playoff champion games, Florida, South Florida, University of Miami, where our old native Destrehan High School product, Ed Reed, going to the University of Miami Hall of Fame. And look, there are some Hall of Fames on the college level that are more important and more valuable than the pro level. University of Miami is one of them. I put the University of Miami level of their Hall of Fame on the level of if you're in the Dallas Cowboy Hall of Fame, if you're in the Pittsburgh Steelers Hall of Fame, New England Patriots Hall of Fame, San Francisco 49er, Green Bay Packers, New York Giants, Ed Reed going into the Miami Hall of Fame tonight, and he will be giving a team speech 
ahead of that huge matchup to decide who stays alive in the playoffs, Miami and Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and TCU. This is all shaping for the SEC, whether the SEC could be the first team since we started the playoffs to get two teams in or not. But most importantly, LSU takes care of business today, 33-10 over Arkansas, 504-260-1870. You tell me, you're good, you're bad, you're ugly. And LSU, if they run a table and went out, your thoughts on this season? And if LSU does win out, do you consider them the third best team in the SEC? Regardless if Auburn wins out or not, remember, the most important thing about LSU and Auburn, if you're an LSU fan, LSU beat Auburn head-to-head. So Auburn could go to the national championship game like they did a few years ago. Who was that one loss? They lost to LSU and Tiger State. Remember that game? Nick Marshall and company had a lead in the fourth and lost to Florida State. You tell me, 504-260-1870, Texas at 870-870. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 